It's the new year, people. Welcome to 2022 on the Home Worth Having podcast. This is season number three, and since November, we've been talking about change and how to make it easier for you. We've been talking about how to plan it and ask the right questions to prepare for change well, how to be strategic and make sure that we are making a level-headed, regret-free decision for the future. And we've been talking about how to follow through with action after we've made a good decision and get the change actually done without getting stuck in self-doubt. And I also interviewed, for example, Mark about storytelling with impact and how to tell ourselves a better story about our life. Because feeling miserable about the past does not help build a great future. And we also had two episodes on how to celebrate the holidays, honoring your own enoughness by understanding what needs to be done to create a memorable moment, and then leaning into your strength to get shit done with more ease. But my friend, it's the New Year's, and January is the number one top-ranking time of year where people start tackling change, but it's also the time of year where we really quickly fall into disappointment because we make resolutions for the new year that are well, simply not the right ones. If we're setting a resolution for a change that is actually not emotionally relevant for us, at least not relevant enough, we'll lose interest really quickly and we won't get it done. But if the resolution is so big, a real emotional game changer, we might be procrastinating and also not get it done because we're postponing over and over again until we feel so bad about it that we don't even talk or think about it anymore because we're guilt or even shame tripping ourselves for still not having done what we said we'd do. So welcome to today's episode on rediscovering the things that you've been procrastinating about. And yes, Not knowing, not realizing that you're procrastinating is a thing. Because, as I said before, we don't like feeling bad and out of integrity. So our brain conveniently somehow forgets about the change we're procrastinating about. But we don't really forget. That information is just hidden. And there are three tells three signs in our behavior that we keep doing over and over again. But since we don't know that they are linked to our procrastination, well, they seem to be things we do to waste time. You can call them gap fillers that stuff the pockets of time that are not allocated for purposeful or task-driven actions. Instead of doing nothing, And being idle, you keep busy by being busy. And it never leads you anywhere because it's a part of your procrastination pattern. But before I address those three, we have to clarify what procrastination actually is. So let me play you a clip from a clubhouse room I hosted a while ago that people loved a lot because procrastination is nothing that should make you dislike yourself. So here we go. People who procrastinate are really nice people. You know why? (laughs) 
because procrastination has been so mislabeled in our society. Procrastination is always connected to the feeling of, I fail starting or doing or finishing the thing that I said I would do. And it's absolutely not that because procrastination is in truth a sort of inner wisdom. And you don't have to take my word for it. I have that from the organizational psychologist, Dr. Ben Hardy, who says people who procrastinate, it's not that they do not care. It's actually exactly the opposite. It's the fact that you care so much, but you know it's your inner wisdom that this project, even though it might be maybe cognitively simple to understand, let's take decluttering, right? It's simple. You know what to do when you have to declutter. Make a decision, get rid of stuff. But even if it's simple to understand, you know that this task in some shape or form is too big for you to manage by yourself, right? And when we care so much that we say, like, before I even start doing this and doing this wrong or get frustrated or not according to my expectations, I will not start it at all. It's our subconscious who just refuses to produce motivation. And what we need in that situation is another who to help us with the how, because the how is clear. It's just, again, in some shape or form, too big, too complex. You might feel like you don't have enough expertise, something like that, right? So if I would ask you about procrastination in your home, what are the projects that you keep pushing back, keep pushing back, we always push it to the back because we actually care so much about this project that we want to do it right. If we take procrastination as a wisdom, what does this wisdom tell you? If you feel inside of you, what are you too afraid to touch? Okay, how does this resonate with you? You care so much, you can't see this thing pushed through badly. You keep telling yourself, better not done at all until it can be done correctly. That is noble. And I hope this knowledge helps you shift from feeling something negative into finally taking positive action towards the thing you crave so much. Because you will never feel magically ready for that change. Ready is a decision you have to make. And then you need to work your way towards it. Using, for example, all those beautiful resources I gave you in my previous podcast episodes. But now, let me give you the pointers. The habits you keep doing that tell on you where you procrastinate and so far have not had the confidence to get into action, to get meaningful change done. Because that is the magic formula for all good New Year's resolutions that turn into proof of your integrity. It's got to be meaningful and it's got to be feasible. So apart from the fact that you're obviously consciously not doing the thing, that you said you do, here are three things you unconsciously do. The habits you catch yourself doing when you're not focused on anything 
and your brain keeps coming back to because it can't let go. You care, no matter how much you try to avoid it. So the thing we do is we get busy intellectually by doing more research first. We keep telling ourselves we don't have everything we need to get started, which results in us spending more time online with Mr. Google and Mrs. Pinterest than we actually need to. More data is what our brain says it wants. No, wait, it needs it because then no one can say we didn't even try. Least of all, we ourselves, I mean you, you won't be able to blame shame yourself because you're busy doing something. And doing something is always better than doing nothing, right? And then it goes as follows. Tell number one is when you find a relevant source of information and then you first look for the easy fix. You actually don't want to know that much. You just want to know what the most effortless course of action would be. So let's say you would want to redo your interior and you're looking at an interior design page like mine. And I have several offers on how we can work together. And these three options are, A, I can teach you how to do it yourself. I can teach you how to discover and define your style and give you the best practices to get this project rolling. B, B is offer A plus one or two one-on-one consultation calls. You do the work you prepare something to show me, you answer a questionnaire, and then I look through it all and give you helpful advice on where to make things easier and where to add more, the right amount of pizzazz, so that your project, your home, will feel in the end like a proper, holy crap, wow, rather than just a, yeah, hmm, yeah, that's, that's nice. And then C, you only do the minimum work, as in you do the questionnaire, give me some example pics, and then you hire me to do the planning and the shopping list for you, which is that previously mentioned easy fix for you, because I am putting more effort into it than you are, but what is easiest for you comes at the highest price. So back to our example. Your home is something you really care about. You feel trapped between needing it to be helpful and practical and movable because you only rent and you don't own and wanting it to look gorgeous and feel settled and not just have the everlasting interim solution that it's been for the last, well, forever, really. And you know it should get done sooner than later because feeling at home and feeling that this is where you belong is important, but it's also emotionally a lot to deal with. So you scroll to the easiest but most expensive service you can find, hoping that this person with their offer will fit into your budget. That's tell number one. You always scan any website for the easiest way for you to get out of doing this yourself. Bam, red flag. 
Tell number two. You found something that might be the solution for your problem, but you're having conflicting feelings nonetheless. If you found a person, the who to help you with the how, you wonder if their particular method or their particular style is what will really get you what you want. If you found a method that you can do by yourself, guided or unguided, you wonder if it's worth purchasing because a person to do it for you would be so much better. Bam! Red flag number two. It's about going back and forth over debating pros and cons. Tell number three. You decided hiring a person is too high risk. A method it shall be. Because then you can set the pace and do not have to work to someone else's schedule. Well, (laughs) if that's not a tell within a tell, you know, you care about getting something done, but you cannot stand the thought of the pressure that accountability will bring. Well, I should add that as point four. Anyway, you decided a method it shall be. And that's a milestone because it's a first decision towards your desire. But instead of celebrating that, you keep replaying red flag one and red flag two. So the easier the method, the better, obviously. But then you go back to over-debating and you like to tell yourself it's your better judgment warning you that this might not be the thing for you. But come on. On seeing how often you've done this, you're just bullshitting yourself. Sorry, friend, bullshit. You're hooked on that conflicting feeling because it saves you from making a decision and from being held accountable. And you know that what I'm saying is true because you want something that is really straightforward to do. But as soon as you find a person or method, you keep telling yourself, wait, it can't be that straightforward. If it's that simple, it won't. It can't give me the change that I'm actually looking for. So you're instantly somehow justifying not taking action. You keep finding arguments on why this method or this person won't work for you. And you keep finding arguments not to go beyond research. Bam! Red flag number three. Okay, so let me recap this episode for you. Stop feeling bad about procrastination. You're not doing it because you're lazy or a person out of integrity. You're a person that really cares about your subject of procrastination. And you are just not quite there yet to do it by yourself. And if unfulfilled New Year's Year's resolutions are a recurring theme in your life, then maybe it's because you simply have not chosen the right project of change. Look into what you procrastinate about the most or the most often, because that is a tell that this is actually truly meaningful to you. And If you think there's nothing you procrastinate about or you know you've pushed it so far from you that you can't tell anymore, then examine your own behavior. Look for those pockets of time that you spend, quote unquote, 
researching Google and Pinterest and whatnot? A. Are you scanning any website for the easy fix first? B. Are you over-debating the solution offered by the experts without getting into action or asking yourself, how can I test or verify if this is for me or not? C. Does the thought of accountability put you off, even though you keep coming back to the subject over and over again? And D. Do you keep arguing and looking for easy, but when you find easy, so the very argument for the personal method, simplicity becomes the very argument against that person method or solution. These, my friend, are the four. I correct myself, not three, but four tells that you are procrastinating because you feel not up to the task by yourself. You know what you want, but you are doubting your own competence. But that's okay. You can't know everything about everything. You are an expert on something else, and all you need is another who to help you with this specific how. And do you actually know why you're repeating this cycle of research without action? Because, friend, a simple change is actually not enough. What you crave is nothing less but a full-on transformation. Let me go back to my field of expertise as an example, because that's the one I know best, right? If you look for someone to help you design your home, but keep replaying those four habits over and over again, then you're not looking for someone to make your home prettier. You're looking for someone to help you reinvent the concept of home, the feeling, the way life unfolds inside your four walls, the atmosphere, or the base pulse at which life lives inside your house or flat. Let's narrow it down even further. Your home has to change because there is just too much going on. You know, it's not so much more or new things you crave, but getting a handle on what you already own is the thing you need. So, you know, decluttering is what you actually need to do but you're procrastinating on that. So you keep researching the topic and every time you stumble upon a service, you look for the easy fix. Then you keep arguing back and forth and make it about that person or that method rather than what do you need to do to make this work for you. And then after that, following through with help starts to freak you out on some level and you make time and your need to be in control over your schedule, the next thing. And then finally, the whole simple but not too simple is a conundrum in itself. Friend, all of those are excuses you keep pushing like a shield of protection in front of you because you think decluttering is like a spring clean. You think it's about getting things out, throwing some away, and then reorganizing the rest so that life can go on like it always has. And that is not motivating you enough because it's not enough of a change. You crave full-on transformation where life actually is fundamentally different after than it was before where you don't keep doing what you've been doing so far because it got you to where you are now, stressed, overwhelmed, and unhappy. 
decluttering is fundamentally different from spring cleaning in a way that, yes, we need to clean up. We need to spring clean after life has happened. So life came in, swept you away, you did things, it created a mess, it was beautiful, you enjoyed it, and now you have to clean up afterwards so it actually can happen again. We clean up when we're happy with the general status quo and want it to repeat. Cleaning up is a gorgeous activity if you like the way everything is right now. Decluttering, however, is the opposite. It's about the disruption of what is right now. Some of the actions are the same as in a thorough spring clean. You are looking at your stuff, you're throwing shit out, and you're reorganizing the rest. Your behavior, the way you live life, and the way you make decisions afterwards are fundamentally different, though, after the declutter. You want life in at least one way to be something else. And that is scary, Because that is when your procrastination is not just about how something external from you is. It's about you being someone who lives life differently in the future. Not a different home, but a different you. Woohoo! I mean, okay, friend. If you've been procrastinating because you feel insecure about the how. How to do the thing you want to do. This episode should have helped you heaps. And now that you've realized that it's absolutely absurd to expect from yourself to know it all, you can go back to the previous episodes of this season and start the process of figuring out what you need to know, who can help, and how to find out whether a decision is the right one for you. If you, however, realize that change is not enough, and you seek disruption, and that scares you because, well, it's just freaking scary to change yourself because it ripples into everything else. Not just the relationship you have with yourself, but also the relationship you have with life and your expectations and the future and the relationships you have with other people. Well, in that case, stay tuned for next week's episode. That is a conversation I had with Pippa Parfait about, and now hold on to your hats, about changing in order to purposefully be disobedient and intentionally fuck with the status quo of how things are normally done. Yeah, you heard that right. Not just disrupt and transform and hope that people will be okay and still like you, but to go into it, into this process, with the conscious intention to fuck things up. Because they are, quite frankly, already fucked up and not working for you. So let that sink in until next week. What would a New Year's resolution have to sound like or be about in order to purposefully be disobedient? (laughs) Okay, Cherie, you know the spiel. If you liked this episode, if it provided value, and you freaking know it did, please give it a like, a download, or best of all, a recommendation. 
you can do that by sharing it on social media or sending it to one friend you know would profit most from it. Or leave a comment or review of this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this. And if you want to be notified and reminded when next week's episode airs, please subscribe. You even get my LuxUp shopping guide on top of that. That guide is showing you my eight favorite low-cost items that are really worth spending a wee bit more on so that your home instantly feels more luxurious without breaking the bank and without making it about other people's approval. So I hope to see you back here next week. And until then, I stay your humble but cheeky designer friend. Au revoir. Wait, what? Oh, crap. I forgot. (laughs) In February, I'm hosting my Love the Shit Out of Your Home Bootcamp. Four weekends to a beautiful, mindful home with so much less stuff. It's all about that disruption through decluttering I was talking about earlier. If you crave to learn how to home differently and being able to set firmer, loving boundaries, especially with yourself, and buying and keeping junk you don't want or really need, then get on that list for that bootcamp. It's all about creating space. Literally create space for yourself to consciously live life differently in 2022. The link is beneath this episode. (sighs) Now I can say au revoir. À la semaine prochaine with Pippa and Purposeful Disobedience. Ciao, ciao, mon ami. C'est Nicole.